What is up, everyone? Thank you for checking out episode 73 of Raise the Geek. This week, we're diving into Andor, the newest Star Wars offering over on Disney+. Plus. Is it more par for the course, Star Wars, or is it something special? To find out, all you have to do is stick around, because I'm Chris, and as always, I'm here with my buddy Don. How we doing, man? Chris, what is up today, my friend? We're doing okay. Everything is all right. Good to talk to you, my friend, after uh, taking a little uh, hiatus for one week. But uh, we are back here. Chris couldn't watch TV. (laughs) No, no, no. There's there's always there's many reasons why, you know, a podcast needs a break every now and then. So we took our little week break and uh, we are back. It did. We're back here ready to go. Um, Some content was ready for us this week and or uh, highly anticipated Star Wars project. So we watched it and we're ready to talk about it. But I am good. How are you? I'm not doing too bad. Red Zone Channel on, watching some football. Bears won today. I like it. Mm-hmm. It was ugly, but they won. The Bears are our team, everyone. If you didn't know already, the Bears are our team. We're two and one, and you can't take that away from us. At least not until next, next week. week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So for now, for now, we're over 500. We're gonna we're gonna take that and run with it. But yes, I'm I'm with you. For I've a week. Been, Sundays are for Sundays are for football here, starting in September all the way through January. Uh, but we're making time here on Sunday to get this recording in. But I've also had this problem this week that I started playing Yakuza like a dragon. God bless you. And <laughs> thanks. And I can't stop thinking about it now. I'm trying to save this prostitute's father from an elderly home that wants to murder him. That's a hell of a that's a hell of a story right there. <laughs> hell of a story, yeah. Prostitute with a heart of gold, or I'm Pros- sure. Yes, prostitute, heart of gold. Her father is in some retirement home that the yakuza own or manage, and then they're murdering the old folks and then getting Normal. their pension. Yeah, that sounds like a Better Call Saul or something or. <laughs> A little bit. It sounds a little sketchy. Sandpiper. So Sandpiper. Trying Kate. to save this prostitute's dad from destruction, and uh, I need to know what's going to happen. But I made my way all the way to the to the dungeon, and I'm ready to fight. It's been a while since I played a JRPG game, like with turn based battles and stuff. So it's been it's been an interesting thing. Prostitutes and dungeons, and I don't know what's going on over there. That's oh yeah, like... and you can buy all kinds of stuff. Like um, they have weapons. Do I want to know. No, I don't know. Probably not. They have all kinds of crazy weapons that you can use and stuff. I think one of them was a vibrator. Um, She uses a sword. It's like like a giant magic wand is what it was called. Oh, man. Those games are crazy. You ever played any of those games before? I don't I do not believe I have. No, Uh there's something else, man. They're they're Japanese. 100 percent. For sure. Full on. I've been. been, uh, As you know, I've been trying to play through God of War. A game you've already beaten. I'm mm-hmm. playing it in anticipation of uh, Ragnarok, which will be out here in a couple, eh, about a month or something. Yeah. And, um, Maybe a little over a month. So I got a little time to get through this. It, I, it took me this long to play this game. As everyone knows, highly regarded game of the year winner, blah, blah, blah. Everybody knows God of War. And I'm mm-hmm. playing through it. I feel like I'm probably about halfway there. It's like, okay, I'm just trudging along, trudging along. I just can't get over how much of a dick Kratos is to his son all the time. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Who, so those who've played it, like, man, why are you so mean? Like, you're just a mean guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and I feel like I know like no spoilers from you and I know you won't, but I know at some point they'll probably hit some breakthrough and like, you know, have the father son relationship or whatever. But like every other sentence out of his mouth to his son is just, dude, you're being a dickhead. Yeah. Uh, Boy, boy, it's hard to it's hard to root for him uh, and when he's not doing fantastic combo attacks on demons and zombies. But, yeah, I'm having fun with that. He Uh, has moments of tenderness that he eh, can tell that he is feeling he could tell he has feelings yeah but that hard exterior of being a fucking jerk <laughs> just yeah. uh, but it's a fun game it's a very no, fun it's, game. Yeah, it's, a, it's an outstanding like visual game oh yeah definitely it's gorgeous and it's fun and every time you can't think you're like oh my god you get to some like crazy boss battle and you're just like this is insane and then all of a sudden it's like the next one is bigger somehow and you're like how did they do this yeah, the scope of their boss battles is pretty in, uh, crazy. Like two levels not seen in games before that. It's uh, they really go go all out. And you're just like, what is this? But it's uh, yeah, it's fun, man. I'm having a good time with that one. You go see Avatar this weekend? Hell no. <laughs> I did see. I did see that it made more money than that. Don't worry, darling. Uh, which has all that controversy with it. Mm-hmm. Have you been seeing all that? But yeah. like the re-release of Avatar made more money at the theater than that. Don't worry. Did it not. really? It's funny to me. So people are going. I mean, I'm not one of them. But I thought about it, but I was slowly getting sucked up into the hype going, maybe that'd be cool. But I no, didn't. I, so I probably I won't. I still don't get the hype. We've talked about it plenty yeah. here, but I still don't get the Avatar hype for the new one or that movie. And it's just not my thing i don't get it we will we will find out how far that hype goes as we push through the rest of the year you want to make sure you don't miss it because we're going to talk about it here i'm sure in december so make sure you like subscribe and follow this podcast on all social media and podcast services hit us up with those five star reviews because it definitely helps us out a lot and if you want to join the conversation make sure you uh like subscribe and follow us on twitter at raise the geek and shoot us an email at raisedgeek at gmail.com. Forgot all of those platforms real quick. We're on Instagram too. Did you Instagram? That that's one? the one I that's the one I got lost on. Twitter yeah. and Instagram, raise the geek, email raise the geek at gmail.com. And you can also call Chris at uh, just uh. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, if you go to our anchor.fm page, you can leave us a voicemail. So if you want us to hear your voice, head on over to our anchor.fm page linked in the uh, description and you can leave us a voicemail and maybe we'll play it on the show. That would be hilarious. I want someone to do that now. Yeah. You so, listening out there, do it. Leave us a voicemail. I want to listen to it. It's almost his birthday. Shoot him some birthday voicemails. Do it. Do it. Do it. Don, let's start the Star Wars conversation because we actually had some news come out this week that James Earl Jones is retiring as Darth Vader. There mm, was a yeah. uh, Vanity Fair article. Well, I'm, I'm reading it over on CNET, but it basically has uh, James Earl Jones this week signed over the iconic voice behind Darth Vader. Um, he signed over the rights to his arch- archival voice work. Um, to Disney this week, signaling the end of James Earl Jones being Darth Vader. And they are actually working with an AI company in Ukraine to keep the voice alive. And James Earl Jones wants to work with the technology people to be able to keep Darth Vader around longer than he is. So Darth Vader just became a computer. 
pretty much <laughs> he's an android uh he's like a half cyborg man now he's a computer voice now he's an ai voice yeah you just make him say whatever yeah dude it's kind of crazy um uh, so when did the new when did a new hope come out i don't know exactly like in the 76 70s. or something 78 so it's insane to think that we're pushing what 50 years almost for more than 40 years of um james earl jones voicing darth vader uh now there's been you know a lot of breaks in there in the years yeah. and, and when he came back now most recently and what we're going to talk about like rogue one and he was just you know in the uh obi-wan kenobi show that's like fan service and people love it that he's coming back and doing this at this older age and still doing it but it's insane to think that it like started in the 70s and he's still doing it and just finished doing it for obi-wan kenobi um so yeah man it's kind of like the end of an era uh i think it's cool that he's agreed to work he doesn't want anyone else being the voice of darth vader and is going to work with you know the newfangled 2022 technology to continue to do it even after he's left this world or whatever however they want to say it uh it's pretty crazy but yeah he he's synonymous with with darth vader like you can't you can't not have him you know what i mean so mm-hmm. uh it's pretty wild i don't know what what do you think about when you think about this yeah it's kind of crazy but at the same time seems about right i didn't realize till i was looking at this that james Earl jones is 91 so yeah that's probably about time it's wild Um, learning about this uh ai uh voice work machine learning was very interesting they said they used it for obi-wan to youngify his voice Mm -hmm. and to do some of that stuff so they're already kind of started the process and then he's kind of been working with that company for the machine learning to get basically his voice in there to be able to say whatever they need him to say um and he didn't have to do it anymore so that's just kind of crazy to think about um but it's super it's super cool it's cool like i said i think outside of the original trilogy i mean anytime he really came back obi-wan was the most he had to do mm-hmm. as that character you know everything else was you know i think he had one line in rise of the skywalker well, no rise of the sith revenge of the sith what was the third episode three called revenge of the sith yes revenge of the sith he yelled no no um <laughs> and he so, had some lines and he had some lines in rogue one like, like he, we just did started. he have some like yeah you you finished rogue one on like i didn't so i didn't yeah. remember if he talked in that one or not but yeah. definitely uh a little bit here and there obi-wan was the first time in 40 years that he had full-on scenes <laughs> sure uh, but no, it's 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 iconic voice. You can't try to even pretend to do it with somebody else. It's like Harrison Ford saying no one else could be Indiana Jones. It's yeah. Kind of it's kind of right. You just there are yeah. some things that you just can't recreate, and no matter how good of a how much money Disney throws at somebody else, it's just not going to be the same. No, same energy as that Indiana Jones thing. I've always I've always kind of find it found it funny ever since like the prequel trilogy came out and they cast Hayden Christensen as Anakin Skywalker and like of course he becomes Darth Vader and he's in the suit we saw his face a little bit in Obi-Wan but then when he talks like James Earl Jones voice comes out <laughs> it's just, it's just like what kind of uh 
what kind of trauma has happened to this man or his voice is now <laughs> that and like it just doesn't match you if you imagine hayden christensen talking when you hear james earl jones his voice it just doesn't work yeah uh but you gotta like kind of suspend your belief and just go with it but it's funny to me see whenever um, i whenever i have to think of that you know what i think of to like that? make that okay as i think of rick astley because uh, the little dude singing never gonna give you up that yeah. is not the voice that you expect to come out of that little scrawny <laughs> redhead white kid. I never had any idea that that was a little white dude singing that song <laughs> until I saw that music video. And I was like, this has to be a joke. And it's not that just the voice that came out of him. Yeah, so I'm yeah. like, well, if that voice can come out of Rick Astley, then James Earl Jones' voice can come out of Hayden Christensen. <laughs> I suppose if you 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 got to go down that path to make it work. That's how. I, yeah, I, those are the you know the mental gymnastics I have to do to make that make sense to me. <laughs> I, I follow. Yeah, I think follow. Of, you. Think of Rick Astley, uh, but no, it's it's kind of a bummer, but it makes sense. And like I said, no idea he was 91, so it's good that they're thinking about this ahead of time and make mm -hmm. sure that Darth Vader's going to. Uh, be around for a long time to come so it's awesome yep we agree surprise surprise well i think it's time for us to talk about some Andor, don but before we do we want to make sure you know this episode of raise the geek is sponsored by anchor.fm this week disney plus dropped the newest star wars tv addition to their platform titled andor which is a prequel series to star wars rogue one movie um, the synopsis runs like this according to imdb in an era filled with danger deception and intrigue cassian will embark on the path that is destined to turn him into a rebel hero mm -hmm. and we got the first three episodes that came out i didn't realize that cassian was in rogue one like until like that last trailer like I, I didn't realize what this show was and i had to look it up well here's the point <laughs> i'm gonna make <laughs> we <clears throat> we both in a recent episode we when we were talking about andor coming out soon you did mention that that you didn't realize that uh mm -hmm. the character was the same character from rogue one I, I, I can't remember if I agreed exactly or I didn't know either, but it, it was kind of like news to us. But the show is called Andor. His name is Cassian Andor. That's that's what the show is called. His last name. Uh, so my question to us is like when the show was announced to coming out, what did we think Andor meant? I thought it was the name of a planet. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> okay because i know too. they have endor so i just figured there was an andor like or it was the same and i was stupid so i didn't really know and right. i didn't i've seen rogue one once in theaters so i didn't really remember who was in it to know that this was one of the main dudes until i started doing research into it to see what the show actually was and then i was like oh this might be cooler than i thought yeah see those those faithful listeners to our show who, who've been with us for a while know that we are casual fans of Star Wars. We like it. Um, you know, we watched we watched the original movies when we were younger, but we're not like the biggest followers on all the recent ones. We didn't watch all the animated shows, so we're we just we just take this in as casual fans. Yeah. So um sorry. I don't know. If you're laughing at us, <laughs> if you're laughing at us because we didn't know that Cassian Andor was in Andor. Uh, that's because we've only both seen row one once or twice now for me and you, uh, one, one and a half times, one and a you. half times for Chris. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just thought I just wanted to bring that up. I thought I found that funny after I thought about it and I was like, it's called Andor cause his name is Andor. Uh, 
But yeah, I'm with you. I, I thought I thought it was a planet too. Though I don't know. Now they got a lot of riding on the show a little bit. This is the longest Disney Plus show. It's coming in at 12 episodes instead of the normal like six to eight that a lot of these Star Wars or even just Disney Plus shows in general get. So we got a little bit more, and I think they already said that they were planning another 12 for season two. And yeah, they're think, already filming that. They're already or, filming it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or they're already done. So we get we're getting one more season of this win, lose, or draw. Um, but it's a big it's a big gamble. Don't know if I've heard a lot post airing, but I'm curious. Uh, what are our thoughts about Andor now that we've watched it? Yeah, man, we we got to have some thoughts, right? Um, I hope so. We're about to do an episode about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, in preparation of this, I did rewatch Rogue One um, to get reacquainted with Cassian and or and I just hadn't seen that movie since it came out um, and I did enjoy it I still I still stand by I always thought I really liked that movie and I do uh, and I did still again I, I I think I feel like it gets a lot of I don't want to say hate but like backlash to it because a lot of people thought it was just didn't have the right star Wars feel. It didn't feel like the, um, how the franchise does just kind of like deviated from that a little bit. And man, if that's what they thought of that movie, wait till they get a load of this show. Um, because man, to me, this show is the least feeling star Wars property ever. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't feel like star Wars. Right. But that doesn't mean it's bad because I think it's pretty good. Um, honestly, I do. I think it's actually really good so far through three episodes. Um, it feels like you could take Star Wars away. You could take the word, you could take the franchise title Star Wars away from this, and it would just be like quality written, like cinema level television. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like something I could see you, you take the ray guns away and you take space away and give them like real guns and like a city setting. And this is like a prestige show on HBO or something to me. Uh, I don't know, man. It just, it feels, it feels different. There's not stormtroopers walking around and there's not like screen wipes and there's not, it's just the mixture of the music and the acting and the emotion and like the, the performances, something about something about the show is just different. It It's, it's star Wars only in name to me so far. Now this is just through three episodes. So, you know, yeah, ask me again. Yeah. Ask me again when the show ends, how I feel, but so far through three, I'm just like, man, this is like some character study, solid television. Um, I don't know. That's just my initial thoughts. How about you? Yeah, I agree with you about Rogue One being different. That was the first Star Wars movie that we got that didn't start with the Star Wars, the, dun, 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 the big music. It was just like a galaxy long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And then the movie just started. And I was like, I remember sitting there like ready for it, like ready for the dun, 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 the music to kick in. Nah, didn't happen. And I was like, this sucks. This movie's <laughs> garbage. Um, then you watch the movie and I was like, no, that was solid. Um, I agree. The show is completely different. It feels different. I really enjoyed it. It was fun to watch. It was fun to see the kid, like you said, the character study after coming off of watching, trying to watch three episodes of Lord of the Rings that gave me no character study. 
and uh, a lot more money. And I was like, I don't care about any of these characters. And here, even coming into this show, not really rewatching Rogue One, thinking Andor was a planet, they gave me a reason to like Cassie and Andor, or at least be interested in what he's doing. Like, okay, he's on a quest. Oh, he's now being mugged. Oh, yeah, these dudes are dead now, and he's got to figure something out. And like I said, it has a lot more of a grounded feel for a Star Wars show. Um, but I definitely enjoyed it. It was an easy watch, and I can't wait to go back and keep watching the show. It's one of the one of the better things that Disney Plus has put out in a while. I mean, maybe ever, maybe so far. We'll talk about that in a minute. Like as as far as all their offerings, maybe so far it's the best thing. Um, yeah, I'm 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 glad you agree with me because it just feels different. Especially like the the thing that pops out to my head the most is the first scene, or I don't know, maybe the first twenty minutes of the first episode at the strip club, at the strip or the club. prostitute, the soap house. Right, he's he's looking for his sister. Um, kind of gets in an argument with these two. You can tell are authority guys, or or conf- not even a direct confrontation. But as he's leaving, they follow him out of the club, and they like kind of like are shaking him down and and harassing him, and um, things get kind of out of control. And he kills, one, and one of them ends up dying through the confrontation, and the other one is more or less begging for his life, and. Cassian sees no other way out of this except to kill that other guy, kill the second one. And after watching that scene, I was like, is this like law and order or is this, is this like some like hard boiled show on eight? Like it's, this is not star Wars. This is not what I've come to expect from star Wars. Like that scene to me just kind of was like, Whoa, what is going on in this show? This is like intense. Just like the level of intensity. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I wasn't expecting that. Um, did that scene kind of hit you the same way? or It did, but then at the same time, since I did just watch the beginning of Rogue One, the, Cassie and Andor's character is introduced almost the same way mm-hmm. to where he gets that information from the dude. No, that's true. I can't yeah. get away, and he just says, sorry, and he shoots him in the back of the head. I was like, oh, when I was rewatching the opening, I was like, oh, yeah, this is a different kind of movie. And... uh so I wasn't surprised because we've had that introduction to the character previously, but I, yes, it was, it was still kind of, like I said, what's about to happen here. What kind of show are we about to watch? Like what's, what's going on? Yeah. Just, and like, all we have to compare it to is other recent star Wars offerings. And that's just like, that's not something that Obi-Wan would do. That's not something that, you know, the Mandalorian would do, or even Boba Fett, the Boba Fett we got presented in that show. It's just like, it's just the feel just made it feel like I'm, I'm, it says star Wars. It says I'm watching star Wars, but this doesn't feel like star Wars. And I liked that. It was very grounded. It was very realistic, very grounded and very small. Like it's a small story that Mm -hmm. you could tell is going to lead into something bigger, but it's definitely having small origins here where we're going to have this, this small confrontation that he had that led to the uh the the preox moralana corporate authority coming for him which is then leading into a bigger rebellion that we know is coming because once again star wars loves their prequels so we know an idea of where these characters are going what their fate is what what's going to happen and what this is all leading to but it's fun to see these origins as to where Andor came from because obviously he was well established already within the rebellion come Rogue One. 
Mm-hmm. So seeing him basically being recruited by uh, Luthen. Is that his Stellan, name? Stellan Skarsgård's character reprising his role from Rogue One. Can't go wrong with that guy. Nah, never can. Um, but, you know, having him come in and kind of recruit Cassian in these throughout these, or I guess I think that was episode three or something. But um, mm-hmm. I really like the grounded nature with hopes and teases of it being bigger. Yeah. It's kind of cool. No, yeah. I agree with you that. And I, my question, I also have a question, like, what do you, do you appreciate that we got a three episode premiere here? Because there's, there were parts in episode one and two, I don't want to say they dragged, but we got our most action and like reveals and biggest stuff in episode three. So does that help in your mind? Like, would you have just been satisfied with only one of these episodes? Or are you glad you got to like, watch three of them kind of know where we're going have a full feel for this show now after three you know what i mean yes i think it was a good idea i could have been okay with two one i probably wouldn't have been enough getting Mm -hmm. two was a good like okay i see you set us up i get to see a little bit of where it's going in two i can't wait to see more here in three you really got to see you kind of almost got that arc on that planet taken care of and that right. first arc is done and we can move on. And I like that idea. And they even kind of set it up that way. I loved at the end of episode three, how they were doing that rehash of like basically him starting an adventure, just like he did when he was a kid and mm-hmm. he was getting taken away as a child. And then now he's getting taken away again and just showing the similarities in that. And like, Oh, you're going on an adventure again. You know, your whole life is going to change. And I just really thought it was a, very wrapped way to kind of tell that story. So I think it was a good place. Nat- it was a natural cutting off spot for let's drop these first three and you're going to have to come back for more. Yeah, I, I agree completely. I think, I think that's why they did that release three right off the bat because that is like the natural after episode three, that felt like the natural spot for, okay, here we go. Here's the show guys. We're giving it all to you. Yep. Watch all this, take it in, get ready for the rest of this adventure that we're going to do weekly at this point. But we wanted to get you to this point yeah. before we, before we moved on. I totally agree. Like, and I feel I like too, that they're meshing, like telling his backstory from his home planet and mixing it in with, and you see the parallels there between, you know, him as a child and now him as an adult and the music in this show is awesome. And it's just like boiling, melting it all into this like perfect way to kind of kick off this show yeah absolutely so like just as a quick where we are in this Mm -hmm. show because we're diving in now into a little bit of spoilers and talking about the show a little bit but we had the beginning as you talked about cassie and andor looking for his sister Mm -hmm. it's confronted by these guards gets in a fight gets mugged murders both of them now he's on the run and we spend those first three episodes of him basically trying to get off planet. So we're meeting all these other characters as he's trying to get money to get the hell out of there. While we have Karn working for the security company, trying to solve this murder, trying to figure out who killed these guys, realizing that getting it down there with, you know, Tim, who we'll talk about in a minute, who kind of gives up Cassian. We learn about the, uh, what was the planet he was from? Oh, Kinari. We learn about Canari. We learn about a lot of Cassian and the backstory of who he is as a character and where he came from. And then we get to where uh, Kellen shows up 
to introduce us to the rest of the story as they get off planet at the end. So it's it's a nice little arc there that we did. So as we dive mm-hmm. into some of these other th- questions, like we've obviously gotten a lot of Star Wars since Disney purchased it. We've gotten a lot of different eras of Star Wars of like, oh, we got post Jedi. We got, you know, we obviously it's all prequels and sequels. And you have to I have to try to figure out where in the timeline of Star Wars every property is. And it gets very confusing. But what is it about the era of Star Wars like this era, the kind of in between three and four Mm -hmm. that seems to work the best? Because Mandalorian kind of lives in this space as well. Right. Yes. Does it? Now I'm confused that it's not, but in my head, I always had the Mandalorian was also before A New Hope. But now I think I'm wrong. I think it's post-Jedi and I'm ruining my whole point because, yeah, <laughs> Luke is already grown up. So it's 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 weird because there's so yes. many there's so many timelines to get into, like and keep track of in Star Wars. So, yeah, it definitely this show is pre New Hope and yeah. pre Rogue One five years pre Rogue One. Yeah. So and yeah, the Mandalorian is post six. Is it? Yeah, Dude. because you had Luke. You have Luke. Again, as a, guys. You have Luke as Luke is a full Jedi. I'm gonna cut all this out. <laughs> no, 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 leave it because we're working this out. You have again, Luke is post. Luke is a full Jedi in the Mandalorian, so it has to be post Return of the Jedi. So there are different eras. Mm-hmm. One one was still during. It was pre fall of the Empire. Is Andor? This show is like post revenge of the sith yes like yes. 20 years later or something and five years before rogue one mm-hmm. which is before a new hope yes if yes. that makes sense because rogue one ended at the beginning of a new hope yes more or less more or less there might be a couple hours difference or something. <laughs> right so i was gonna ask how are the eras like what makes this era special Mm-hmm. in between the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy but now i'm realizing the mandalorian isn't in between these two trilogies well so, when was, when's obi-wan supposed to take place is this like the same time as no this wouldn't be the same time as obi-wan it would be blah 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 because leia's an adult in at the end of rogue one when they use like her cgi yeah She's just a child in Obi-Wan. I don't know. It's so hard to keep track. Yeah, I, I think Obi-Wan was like 10 years after episode three. Because those kids were born at the end of episode three. Ah, right. And right, then right. 10. So it was like 10 years. So Obi-Wan's before this. Yes. Correct. Because I'm just using Leia's age as my compass here to try <laughs> to try to navigate this. Uh, so this has nothing to do with the Mandalorian. No. They have very similar feelings. It does. I think they can use it to their advantage, but like like we we've talked about prequels before. I they hate get, Star Wars for prequels, like and and this is one because we all know what happens to Cassian Andor in Rogue One. He dies. Spoilers. Spoilers. He dies. They all die in Rogue One because they have to because we never see those characters again. So they had to make it work that way. So we we know his adventure ends at the end of Rogue One, but knowing that he's not going to die in the show, I don't feel like takes away from it. Cause I'm like interested enough to see how he became who he is in rogue one. And like, you know, so dedicated to the uh, rebellion and everything. And, and this is just going to kind of show us why there's, there's a scene in rogue one where he, he has a confrontation with the female lead of that movie, which forgive me. Jane, I can't remember her it's name. Like Orso. 
something i'm not even gonna guess but they have like a scene where they're on the ship and he's arguing being like i've been in this since i've been six years old and like uh it was a pretty intense scene from rogue one so like yeah i want to see i want to see what what made him the way he is in rogue one and why he's so dedicated to that so that's another reason why i'm invested enough in the show i like the era between the trilogies um i think that it just i don't know I like seeing the empire kind of just complacent. Like they're just kind of, we run stuff and they're just not worried about a rebellion. They're not, they're just kind of almost complacent and they're just doing their thing. Seeing the, uh, like I said, the preox Morlana kind of doing like just being a security and just, yeah, don't worry about those guys being dead. Just make them heroes, but not too big. So we don't want to have a parade. And you're like, um, I love dude. I need to, the, uh, Cyril Karn the uh the security guy who's hunting who was supposed to just come up with an excuse and he refuses to just let the murder of those two security mm. guards go the unchecked main, um, the main the main guy from that group is the main guy about. from that group the the general guy i just uh yeah his name's karn i just thought he did such a good job of just being in over his head but then kind of determined to figure mm. out who did this crime yeah but then it's, it's it's cool not to have a main antagonist who's like a 100% narcissistic like uh confident cocky. yeah cocky confident like you know sure of himself 100% like this guy you can tell he's totally shaky about it he doesn't want to be out in the field actually doing the work doesn't know how to address you know the troops he's not a he's not like a ultra ultra villain he's he's got um issues and and confidence issues and wants to wants to do the right thing but just is either new at this or just not confident enough you know what i mean and it's Mm -hmm. cool to see that from a from a villain someone just not being omnipotent and ready to take on anybody and no one can match up with him uh it's it's cool to see that I, i i think his performance so far has been great well and it shows like where they are in the you know period of time of how the empire feels like they don't really know what they're doing anymore they just are overreached and there's no leadership and they're just kind of sitting there like what are we supposed to do are we supposed to Mm -hmm. do this do we care about this you know and just being very kind of cocky themselves like just as the empire so then when you have people like this they're like wait what are you talking about like we're the empire we're supposed to be like ruling with an iron fist and you're just telling me to just brush away this murder of two guards, two guards. Like, no, I'm not going to do that. That's ridiculous. But then at the same time, he has no support and he doesn't know what to do because he hasn't been trained or handled. It's just kind of like poor management from the empire. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, So just to see that, but, but he also, do you think Karn has a secret? He feels like he's holding something back. Like he's like, he knows Cassian or, he knows more than he's saying because he's I feel like he has a secret. He might. I still can't figure the guy completely out. There's more with him. Yeah. Let's put it that way. That's as far as I can tell at this point. Um, there's definitely some like deeper, deeper story with him. And uh, hopefully they get into that over these not last nine episodes. But uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a I'm a big fan of him so far. And it's just an example of the. Like we uh, already used the phrase character study, the but he's another one that I, I want mm-hmm. to know more of about. this. Do you think and this is going to be a little out of the left question, but 
this is working so well for Star Wars. Do you think that tone, you know, should be put on some MCU properties over here on Disney Plus? Oh, you're going to go or we're going to the MCU. I mean, uh, it's hard. To, you it's it's you have to com- kind of compare all of these Disney Plus shows to a point. Mm-hmm. Cuz they come out, they piggyback them off each other to try to keep that thing and it's just one of the things I read was the and I'm I'm screwing up the name already, Night of the Werewolf. Dave Wolf, Werewolf by Night, Werewolf by Night coming out, and there were already being people complaining because they're basically already said that it's going to be a comedy, and that's one of the horror properties of Marvel, and Marvel always making their jokes. So when they're basically saying, "Hey, this the special that we're doing about werewolves is going to be a comedy," everyone's like, "Well, you had the chance to make this dark, and you're going to make it funny and do the typical MCU thing," and it's like, "Well." This show right here, Andor, is showing why it's not bad to have different tones. Like, this show isn't, hasn't been funny. It has a couple, like, things. It wasn't like Obi-Wan that was full of jokes, whether they were intentional or not. Um, but you had, like, this is a completely different, darker tone, and it works. And it's has me excited about Star Wars again. And don't you think it's not bad if the MCU did a little darkness, right? No, it's not. And as you were going through that, I was trying to think of examples of when the MCU hasn't been funny recently. Um, <laughs> and it's it's not that easy to get to. Um, I mean, Moon Knight had its moments, but not though in the way that we expected. We expected Moon Knight to be that show that went dark and went brutal and didn't pull any punches. But at the end of the day, you know, minus a few little scenes here and there they really didn't um so werewolf by night being classified as a comedy i didn't see that anywhere and that's going to be interesting to to kind of watch and see and we're definitely going to come up uh with some coverage of that stay tuned for those announcements guys but um that'd be a little that'd be a little weird to me that that show that wouldn't be their chance to kind of take those chances um I definitely think the MCU could benefit from maybe going a little darker when appropriate in certain areas. You know what I mean? Like we're used to all the jokes and the Tony Stark one-liners and that's kind of what the MCU is built on. And you got to be appealing to families and and children and everything. But I think there are times when, yeah, maybe you could benefit a little bit from going a little darker and a little bit, you know, Cassian shooting someone in the head with a laser gun. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Their next their next opportunity for that could be maybe the Daredevil show that's down the road. Um, I predict that the Black Panther movie that's coming up soon in November is not going to be very funny. I don't think there's going to be very much room for humor in there. It's probably going to be pretty serious. I don't know how dark, but it's probably going to be pretty dramatic. Um, so, yeah, I can agree with you. I think maybe the the folks over at marvel like kevin feige will take a look at andor if and 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 see like hey man like this can work too and this is has the star wars banner on top of it but it's not you know yuck yuck joke a minute like stormtroopers running into each other and clunking heads like that's not what this show is <laughs> this is different um so yeah i i, I think that it definitely <laughs> could benefit from it yeah stormtroopers get knocked out by getting palm slapped Right. <laughs> so yeah. now I'm going to get a, a random live correction here. 
that mm-hmm. happened. And we got an update on what I just said was breaking that orig- news. breaking news originally on Disney Plus, Werewolf by Night, when they had like the trailer up there, they put under their comedy. Three okay. hours ago, it was noticed that it was been changed to horror. So Disney went back into Disney Plus and changed the caption under Werewolf by Night in Disney Plus from comedy to horror. And that's been reported on three hours ago across the board. So it I mean, was that original. Feels, that, feels, that feels more realistic to me. Um, you can call it a comedy if it has a couple jokes. Like there's horror movies that have a couple jokes in it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't see them going full comedy with with something like that. We will definitely see on October 7th. but. Um, yeah okay that sounds more like it yeah that was the official disney plus page that's that basically was confirming that while there are scares in store laughter is the intended reaction because it was labeled as a comedy so you're like oh but it's been updated that was news that came out like last week and then now it's been updated to horror so we'll see if it's actually going to be horror if it's still going to be mcu funny so once again my point i was trying to make might be taken away yeah i mean yeah, definitely. Well, I said I said some thoughts. What do, I want to know what you think about Andor being like the grittiest Star Wars we've had. Like, take the MCU out of it. Just yeah. what is what is what does it mean to you that this show is like this way and it feels different than everything? Like, is this is this a good is this a good path for star Wars to go down? Do you want more star Wars products like this is should it just be, you know, after this back to the old formula or what? I hope not. This is the most I've been, these three episodes is the most I've genuinely enjoyed star Wars in years. Okay. There um, it is. Old statement. Yeah, I, it really is. I mean, I've watched a lot of star Wars. I've enjoyed when I watch it. I mean, I enjoyed the sequel trilogy as Disney, but I mean, when you're looking at like what Disney has put out from Star Wars, yes, there's been enjoyable moments, Rogue One being one of them, but nothing that I'm like, think about afterwards, nothing that, I mean, I watch it and I go, okay, cool. I enjoyed the J.J. Abrams, you know, Force Awakens, but do I go back and watch it? No. I, you know, Last Jedi was what The Last Jedi was. It has its, it had its things that I enjoyed and it's things that I didn't. And then nine came out and completely just kind of had to do its own thing, which kind of suffered. Um, I think the negative reaction from last of the Jedi just kind of screwed up anything, but that's their fault for not having a trilogy in place before they started filming. And then, you know, I mean, it's just across the board. I mean, it's star Wars. That's been hits and misses and things that are good and things that are bad, but this is the first like feels complete It feels like I'm invested. I care about the characters. I want to know where it's going. It's a time period in time. I don't necessarily always like the prequels, but this works. You know, I feel like it's avoiding the prequel trap to a point um, where they're not. It's a very smaller scale story. You know, Obi-Wan, we talked about being this prequel and always having this thing, but that's because they put like Leia in mortal danger constantly in these big scale things. And I'm like, well, I have zero interest in this. Like Cassian, okay, yes, I know he's not going to die, but he's not really fighting for his life. He's just trying not to get caught. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I'm not, I don't know if he's going to get caught or not. And because I'm not worried, like I genuinely still am worried because I don't know what's going to happen where there I knew I knew Luke wasn't going to get killed by Reva. Right. Like and then just her chasing him to me was just ridiculous because why wouldn't he remember that? So 
it's one of those things where you're just like, okay, this is pointless as to why, because you're playing too big of a the kettle. Here we got these small characters again. So I just think it works. I feel like it overcomes a lot of the things that I normally complain about with Star Wars. And then just like you said, the the violence, the just the more darker and leveler tone just works really well. And it's you don't see it all the time, definitely not in Star Wars, but you just don't always see this kind of scale of story. And I I think it works really well. So I'm like I said, I I really enjoyed Andor. Yeah, I mean, me too, man. And even even if you're comparing it to like the other Disney shows, which I know we wanted to do, is like Mandalorian and Boba Fett and Obi Wan Kenobi. It's just family fun, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's just like Star Wars family fun. You can watch it with the whole family. This show you can, and you know, I'm sure people are, but it's like this is the kind of show i felt i feel like if if the general public latched onto this is one of those shows where you're talking about it mm-hmm. like people are talking about this weekly um like an hbo show or any like big prestige show like that this is like that and it's on disney plus and it's a star wars show but it's different yeah like i yeah. just i wish people would know that like hey man give this one a chance it's different it's not it's not the same thing that you're thinking when you're thinking star wars this ain't it this is something this is something like good storytelling good writing like cinematic movie quality storytelling and uh this is grounded yeah i'm in for it so far yeah 100 percent. i definitely am pumped for uh episode four it's kind of gotten its way to where it's like i need to watch this you know i mean i'm going to be the first time in a long time that I've been excited for Wednesdays to come around and a new drop on Disney plus. Cause it's been a while since I've been like, got to watch this show. And I didn't let them just pile up on me trying to figure out everything. So I'm definitely there. And one of the things that I wonder if it helped a little bit was, and I know we talked about it before our expectations were kind of lower for this one going mm-hmm. into it. Right. I mean, we didn't, like I said, up until like the last trailer, we didn't even realize it was the dude's name. So like, we really didn't put much thought or effort into this going into it. We're just like, yeah, I'll watch it and see what it is. The last trailer obviously looked a little bit better. Once I figured I was tied in Rogue One, a little bit more eyebrows raised. But do you think, I mean, ultimately, we need to just as a society lower our expectations on entertainment? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe a little. Maybe. Uh... Maybe you might enjoy me. a little bit more. Maybe I'd like Lord of the Rings more if I uh, lowered my expectations. But no, you you might have a point. Um, I didn't go into the show with too many expectations like you just kind of laid out because I didn't love Boba Fett or Obi-Wan. And so just anything Star Wars related, they were going to have to like win me back. Mm-hmm. Um, and the show's doing that. And I think it has helped that I, I wasn't expecting too much out of it. I just kind of went in with an open mind, knowing I liked Rogue One, thinking that, you know, okay, I'll be I'll just check out what this adventure is going to be. And I think when your expectations are low, you can be blown away if if something's good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like really good. So I think that kind of falls in under that category. Um so it probably helps to lower your expectations a little bit. Don't think everything's going to be, you know, the best thing you've ever seen. And that's a lesson we could all learn, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, for me, it's it's kind of been that way. How about you? 100%. Couldn't have said it better myself. I'm trying to consciously lower my expectations 
um, and just kind of watch things for what they are and not what I think they should be or what I want them to be or what I advertising is making me think. I like going into seeing things with knowing as little as possible. And I seem to enjoy those things a lot more when I don't have those expectations. So I like going to the movies and seeing a movie that I know have no idea what it's about or heard very little because then I don't know what to expect or I haven't seen a trailer. So then I don't see the scenes that you want me to see out of context. And mm-hmm. it's just the least amount of marketing I can take in for something kind of seems to be the better because their, their job is to sell it. What, however they think it's going to be sold regardless of what the product is. So I'm down with, uh, knowing a little bit less. And I think it worked really well for Andor because now I'm all hyped up. Now my expectations are super high, (laughs) but I did it to myself. Yeah. I'm in the same boat as you. I can't, I can't wait for every, uh, every, every new episode of this. I'm going to be, you know, watching it. It's like a point it's become appointment television. And when you can have something, a show that's that, you know, um, it's exciting and fun. So yeah, That's what Andor fall. is at this point. Yeah, it's the fall. We're supposed to have all of our appointment television. TV's back. We got to have stuff to watch and stuff ready to, uh, to. Oh God, it's Tuesday. We got to watch this. And I, you know, we have it's Sunday night here. We're about what an hour away from House of the Dragon, which has turned into that for me. It's like Sunday night. Got to watch House of the Dragon. Um, Andor, I think, is turning into a Wednesday. I got to watch Andor. Thursday, She Hulk is getting there. I am enjoying She Hulk, so. I do I'm still on. It. I'm an I'm an episode behind on She-Hulk and an episode behind on House of Dragon, so I got some catching up to do. Yeah, you it's been do. a weird. It's been a weird week. Not appointment television for done. Uh, um, Andor, I think it definitely is. We will definitely be back here talking about more Andor. You have any final thoughts on Andor or something that we missed? Um, I don't think we missed anything. Like I said, I just I've just really been enjoying it. I'm I'm glad to really be into a Star Wars show. You know what I mean? Yep. And in reality, like I said at the beginning of this conversation, it's almost Star Wars only in name. It's just a good show. If you take Star Wars in a way, it'd still be a good show. If it was an original show that just like popped up and like here's a sci-fi character study show, check mm-hmm. it out. I'd be like, this is great. Um so I'm having a lot of fun with it and I can't wait to kind of see how it turns out. I can't either. So what do you all think out there about Andor? Do you like it? I really haven't heard a lot of chatter on the social medias and the interwebs about Andor. So hopefully that's not a bad sign that no one else is watching this, but me and you, but um, what do you guys think? So make sure you shoot us those emails, raised a geek gmail.com, or you can hit us up over on Twitter or Instagram at raised a geek. I'm also over on Twitter at R a geek chris i don't know i don't even know my name you're in there somewhere ra geek chris it's in the description if that's wrong i don't have follow to follow you know i i say stuff too and and retweet <laughs> our, uh. our our posts so um definitely hit us up let us know what you thought of Andor because i'd love to hear some thoughts and have some information to share as we get ready for hopefully a hell of a ride absolutely couldn't agree more you said it all perfectly and yeah man we're we're here for the rest of the show and you guys are going to hear from us again on this i'm sure before it's all said and done all right well with that i think it's going to do it for us this week so for raised geek i'm chris and i'm don and thanks for checking out the show where geek is all we speak <laughs>